Left Curve Comedy Network. Da 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 distraction. Da 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 distraction. Da 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 distraction. Distraction, distraction. What's up, everybody? It's Will, host of Distraction Podcast. This podcast you're listening to right now. This is the podcast where I teach you about some little daily overlooked item that we all use and know about, but we don't know anything about its history or origins or anything like that, and I fill you in. Unfortunately, what's happened on this show is that I end up being interrupted by tons of tons of idiots. I'm just going to say it, mostly morons, who uh, just jump into the studio at any time. We'll see if we can get through this one without that happening, but likely not. And tonight, Kayla Downey on Facebook said, Will, I gotta know, what's up with a spork? I used a spork this week, and I don't know anything about it. Where did it come from? Its history and its origins. Tell me where sporks come from. So tonight, I'm going to teach you all about the history and origins of the spork. So, as it turns out, it's not really a novel idea to combine utensils into one utensil. In fact, uh, a spoon with tines on it has... I believe you're looking for a novel idea. Who are you? I'm Orson Welsenwerg, a novel writer and idea maker. Did you say Orson Welsenwerg? Orson Welsenwerg. Oh, Welsenwerg. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. I I, just wanted to make sure I got that right. Mm -hmm. You're an idea novel writer? Novel maker. Okay. So do you actually write novels or you just give ideas for novels? I make the novels. What does that even mean? You write them? No, I make them. Like you bound them? Like you print the pages yes. and you bound them? Yeah. Yes. I okay. press the pages together, I sew them up, I bind them together, and then I put them in a little box and send them off. Uh, how uh, successful is this business? It seems like a very e- inefficient way to make novels. Oh, this past year was my top year. How I <laughs> made five novels. Oh, God. And, and is this your full-time living? Yes. Oh, boy. Oh it boy. takes six months to make a novel, so I must have all my attention on a novel. You said you made five novels this year and it takes six months per novel. That math does not add up, my friend. I don't You're do lying math. somewhere. I just do novels. If you're, it, does it take six months or did you make five novels in a year? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> How does this... So maybe you just... Time passes differently for you. You seem like an old soul. Oh, yes. I'm very old. 22. Are, the, are, are, are there any novels you're working on now that you're particularly uh, excited <gasps> to be... So glad you're asking. I'm working on my own novel. Oh, good. I bet it's very good. What is it about? It's... I, I don't know what it's about. I, it's my you're literally novel just bounding pages and, yes, <laughs> and book this covers is my together. My novel that wow. I get to keep in my. Well, own let, I don't want to keep you from that. So uh, thank you for stopping in, Orson Welsenberg. Will or, do. And uh, see we'll, you in six months. Can't wait to not ever take part of anything you've ever made. So uh, it's not a novel idea to combine utensils. In fact, uh, a combined utensil uh, for eating has been around sort of since the Middle Ages. But the actual kind of look hey of a spork. Hey, hey, hey! Oh God! Uh, it sounds like a middle-aged uh, caller of some town call- crier. Sir, I'm 13. Middle-aged, I am not. Well, you just see, you have a mature voice. I've grown quickly. Are you? Have you gone through the change? I guess if you're 13, have you? Were you an early uh, puberty kid, and now you, are you? You have the deepest voice in your class. My almonds dropped but yesterday. 
it's <laughs> it's made quite i feel like it's made quite a change from what your 12 year old voice would have probably sounded like yes and my ankles are more sore today oh your ankles are more sore mm-hmm and and why is that my acorns keep hitting them oh god <laughs> they really dropped that's not a usual amount of droppage for uh testicles I'm yep. going to use the proper term. I'm a father. I have a son. I will, I will talk to you like that. It looks... Your pr- testicles shouldn't be swinging against your ankles. Uh, my mules do the same thing. Uh, you, you, shouldn't repre- you shouldn't be gauging your health, your normalcy, with a mule's normalcy. Why, he's the healthiest of the village. How do you, how do you know that? How can you tell? He's 32. <laughs> he's just lived a long time for a mule. Yes, he is the elder of our village. Is are you are you corresponding the length of one scrotum to the ground with timeline of age? Well, no, that wouldn't make sense if I'm but thirteen and my acorns are hitting my ankles. Yeah, but I'm saying, does that mean you're going to live a long time like the mule? Oh, I see. Perhaps uh, my father's acorns were nowhere to be found. Oh, <laughs> are you sure that was your father? Yes. Your father, did, did you emerge out of your father? Because that would have been your mother with no acorns. No. My father had a coin purse. It was just empty. Oh, oh God. Okay. And did he, how long did he live? Uh, 17. Oh, well, that's not great. So you, it looks like you have uh, good prospects. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, go live a long, healthy, draggy life. Be sure you oil those puppies up. All right. All right, bye-bye. Where's that guy? Where's that guy? Is this, are you the one? You're the one I'm talking, you're the one that's asking a 13-year-old about his acorns? He's what the hell, guy? volunteered the information. I volunteered the, I came with other news, and then we talked about my acorns. Well, it's sort of like a he Was he not letting you talk about your news? Was he simply going straight for your acorns? Oh, I've seen this before. I didn't go straight for any acorns. I was just, I just wanted to warn him about. He thought the- it was quite strange that a young boy might have a voice such as mine. <laughs> I did. What do you think? I mean, so what, what is your other news? Well, I've invented a, a utensil. Oh, have you? Yes. What is it? It's called a nork. A nork? What's that? Well, it's just like a fork, but I've got two knives on either side of it. Is it hard to grab? It's hard to eat with. <laughs> yeah, I bet What the is. hell are you doing asking a 13-year-old if it's hard to grab? What kind of questions are you asking? I'm asking about his nork, not about his balls this time. I think we all know what you're asking. Okay, please get out of here. I don't want this to get any weirder than it already has. All right. Good luck with Come your Come on, nerf. Richard. All right, be sure you chap up those hands. So, the, by the early 1800s, they had, they had spork-looking like utensils, like a terrapin fork, which is for eating turtles. And they had ice cream forks <laughs> that, were, uh, that were spork-shaped, which uh, they had little tines on the end of the spoon <gasps> so you could dig into the ice cream. And, oh, Excuse no. me. Yeah? Have you seen four bipedal turtles? I've not seen I've not seen any turtles in here at all, let alone bipedal ones walking on two legs. Yes, two feet. I've lost four of my teenage bipedal turtles. Listen, based on a previous conversation, I don't their think voices, I'm allowed to talk to their teenagers voices anymore. will will <laughs> you will not think they're teenagers based off their voices. Yeah, no, there was one. I don't know if it was a turtle or not, but there was one kid in here mm. uh, with a town crier voice who had testicles as long as the eye could see. Oh, that could be one of my turtles. Really? 
Have you bred long testicle turtles? I mutated them, and that's how they turned out. <laughs> oh, no. I think so these are not. I think the... a wad of chewed up gum was stuck in there with the turtles, <laughs> and when they mutated, it became part of them. Well, I don't want to keep you from finding those. <laughs> <laughs> Those long gum testicle turtles. So. Did this long gum boy you'd speak of have a skateboard or a scythe of any kind? Not that I could tell. Not that not, not that I saw. But mm. it doesn't mean that there wasn't one out in the lobby or in the parking lot. Did he smell of pizza? You know what? Now that you mention it, he did. Although he smelled like a lot of things. <laughs> I guess pizza. Old pizza could be one of them. Well, if you see any long... I feel like, I feel like you're describing... Let, let me just say, I know who the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are. They're, you do? They're really cool turtles who mutated into strong ninja fighters. With long, gummy ball sacks. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know that I ever saw that on them. In fact, if you look at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, none of them ever had pants. And I not, did not see one long, gummy ball sack on any of them. Oh, the FCC wouldn't let us get away with that. Oh, so what? Did you CGI out their long... Yes, they all had to wear long green socks over their long stretchy green ball sacks so that we could green screen them out. Well, wouldn't that have already made their... <laughs> wouldn't that have made their skin disappear? Right. I, I have the deleted scene uh, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle that was not allowed to show oh, on, on thank TV. Thank you, Travis. We could play that play right now. Play the clip, Travis. Oh, no. Hey, guys. Who's got the pizza? Oh, God. I'll get it. <laughs> like shot into hell immediately it's kept, that pizza was ruined it's kept in a national archive okay well good luck finding them uh master splinter uh, splinter mm -hmm. okay <laughs> all right and i wish you the best of luck all right there we go okay so these forks uh, the, sort of like the design existed but nobody really decided they were going to patent a design and uh and make it really like a commercial utensil like something that you say I own this design this is what this is used for until 1874 when a a man named Dr. Samuel Ward Francis who was he was a, a doctor he was the upper crust of society he was born into wealth he was an eccentric he wrote novels he he donated animals to parks oh and you're he looking for a novel maker again no oh, I heard you're no. looking for a novel maker no no, no, I don't need any novel makers. Okay. Do you, wait, how's your how's your not how's your novel going? Your blank book that you're binding together. Oh, is it going I'm okay? binding it together very well. Another five and a half months. Well, keep us updated. All mine. All right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Samuel Francis did a lot of interesting things. He he was a researcher. He worked no. as a doctor. The civil did I hear you mention Samuel Francis? Yes. Hmm. That's me. Oh, well, look at this. Uh, yeah, you said it twice, and I was just around the corner, so <laughs> the second time uh, made no mistake. Oh, so you get summoned with two, two mentions of your name. Oh, I mean, I was here. Oh, okay. Well, welcome. Thanks. For, are you the Samuel Ward who invented the spork? That's me. Really? I was just down at the Taco Bell, and I was refilling the spork supply. Sure. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's neat. So you actually, I thought you died a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I made it but, seem as such. Uh, you uh, you faked your own death so that you could secretly uh, pursue your spork agenda for the next two centuries? Oh, uh, yeah. You could think of me as the Santa Claus of sporks. <laughs> so you... But you I come every day. Oh, wow. It's like sport Christmas every day. Well, except I, I take Christmas off. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one day a year you can have a spork is on the day of the year when you might want well, to Well, you can one. have one, but most places are closed that day, so I don't have to do any refilling. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, 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 oh. oh God. Okay. Mm. Uh, Samuel, uh, well, let me let me ask you this. You, you were quite an interesting dude. You were... Uh, yes, I used to windsurf. I used to collect stamps. Oh, God. Samuel? Oh, yeah, you were so interesting. You were interesting to everything else but me. Oh, God. You were never interested in me. It's my high school sweetheart. Did he sweetheart. tell you that he tried to fake his death to get rid of me? Oh, so, so you, you, what was it, your first rodeo faking your own death? Why, what was so wrong? And what's your name, ma'am? I'm Cynthia. Cynthia. So- this is Cynthia Bridgerton. She's my high school sweetheart. Yes. Did he ever tell you that he wanted to get me and Stacy and he wanted to put us together? Like, what the hell, man? (laughs) So you guys could do some forking? Uh, Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Now, uh, that sounds a little scandalous, especially for that time period. Well, you wanted to put two uh, two women together for your own personal Well, utensil. see, now one of them wanted to fork all night, and the other one just wanted to spoon. So <laughs> I thought, why not have both? Yeah, it seems like it would be nice to get a little bit of loving and get a little bit of hugging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just in case a thick soup comes along, <laughs> I'll be prepared. Yeah, you'll have, a, you'll have a bowl in which to slurp it out of. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. It didn't work out for you. Cynthia, is there anything you want to say before? You lost this, just so you know. Oh, that's my sweater. I've been looking for that for that's years. That's right. I took it. <laughs> okay, get out of here. Give him a sweater back. Whatever we got to do. Um, so. He invented the spork. Uh, basically, but guess what? He didn't call it the spork. He called it the <laughs> the knife the the fork spoon knife utensil. <laughs> he never lived to hear the terminology spork. A spork's a, a relatively new term for. Hey, excuse me, sir. Yes. Uh, are you one for hearing new pitches and new inventions? Uh, of course. Oh, of course. check this one out. This one I call a. Relaxing chair with a pop-up table. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's hard to explain. Uh huh. It's a chair. Sure. Uh, you sit down in it. See. Yeah. Uh, you relax, <laughs> and on the side there's a table and it pops up. Oh, that's neat. It's very comfortable. It's sort of like uh, a convenient. lazy boy with a school desk. Uh, yes. So you could sit back, uh, get off your feet, and uh, have a snack at the same time. Well, you seem like a very uh, interesting inventor, somebody who's trying to improve things that we didn't even know needed to be improved. Can yes. you, do you have any other inventions that... Oh, absolutely. Have you ever heard of the uh, can? <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, <laughs> we uh, talked a lot about cans on the previous episode. We talked about can openers. Th- there's a way to open them? 
<laughs> well, that's not surprising <laughs> to hear you say that. Yeah, somebody had to invent that. That's actually interesting you mentioned that. They did not actually come up with a way to open them originally when they invented cans. Golly. Like, you should, I guess you would know, right? Well, that you just invented a can that would never open. You never imagined you'd need to get back into it. Well, no, I never imagined that I had to put anything in it. You just wanted an empty tin cylinder. Well, yeah. All right. Well, you got, you got to I use, use them for my Foley effects. <laughs> so you're a Foley artist, too. Uh-huh. Listen to this. Oh, wow. That sounds like cans. It sure is. I'm full of them. <laughs> All right. Get out of here. All right. See you later. Uh, so he made this, he made this, uh, invention. It was, it's supposed to combine all the utensils into one because what Dr. Francis was always trying to do in any of the inventions was try to consolidate and make life more efficient. And he was just sort of like a very friendly, nice weirdo. He was like the Willy Wonka. What What are you? Me, I'm the salad fork. No one knows what to do with me. (laughs) I know you're like a littler (laughs) version of a regular fork. Yes. Well, people put you out when they're trying to impress guests. I know, but I only cause confusion and distress. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel unused. Uh, I actually use you. uh, Don't. I mean, I use maybe not you specifically, but your brethren or sisterin. I use them for uh, little forks for my kids. My kids use the littler version of forks, which is a salad fork for regular forks. Bonjour. It's me, Lumiere. Oh, from the Beauty of the Beast. Uh, We we I am here to remind you that we used you in such a large musical number. Oh, you're right. You and your whole family were front and center on the silver screen. We were there. That was, I think, the last time we had prominence. Ooh, didn't you guys have a have an additional verse? I re- like now that I'm remembering, like an extra verse all about the salad fork, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, here, just remind me of what that was. Salad fork, salad forks, here's your place. You sit right here next to the salad plate. Yeah, right, exactly, because it's, I mean, it actually does add too much length. It was my big moment, and they took it out. You know what? I we had a spotlight and everything. I feel like they were right to cut it, and and I of feel like you, your you feelings are justified that you're useless. Thank you. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> uh, so he filed the patent, Dr. Francis, and uh, and honestly, like, it wasn't really commercially made. It wasn't made in mass. He He... And envisioned this being stamped out of metal, and uh, and nobody really used it. But he did have the patent for it for the knife spoon, uh, or the fork spoon knife utensil. Now, then he- uh, 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 somebody trying to steal my patent for the knife spoon? Uh, no, not at all. I don't think anybody ever did that. Okay, good. Just checking. What would you have called it though? I call it the knife spoon. Okay, all right. Fair enough. No no one tried to steal that. All right. Just hanging out here, always waiting, always feeling like there's somebody coming by here. By the way, I saw some turtles with some very large... <laughs> no, get out of here. Okay. <laughs> that is a, maybe you can go knife spoon that off the ground. Um, 
And it wasn't until the turn of the century, the early 1900s, that after after variations of this patent, uh, Dr. Francis' patent, uh, of, of what would become known as the spork, um, they actually term- they gave it the terminology spork. So over the next 50 years or whatever, people just decided to call that particular utensil a spoon with tines on the end of it a, a spork. And it was it first appeared in the dictionary in 1909, the definition for spork. But what was interesting about it is that um, that nobody thought to trademark that term or to produce a utensil called a spork. They just referred to it as a spork. So make your way all the way to 1951. When hey. Hide- hey, see. What? I, I've got, I found this thing down on the street, see, and I've never seen one before, and I'd, I'd like to put a patent on it. Uh, what is it? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, do you have um, it? Well, you found you know, it. I, you think you invented it. You should give it a name. Well, I, I guess I'll call it the umbrella. Oh, wow. What does it look like? Show it to me. Well, it has two forms, see? One's a long and skinny form, and it's all folded up. Right. There's a hook on the end. Yeah. And the other form, you shake it real hard, and it, and it blows up. Yeah. Like, like a blowfish. Like a, like a half dome. Yeah, look at that. That is exactly an umbrella. And look at this. The hook's still on the end. That, sir, you, you've reinvented the umbrella. That is literally just an umbrella you found. And you nailed the name. I don't think you could file a patent for that because it already exists. It does? Yes. Maybe if you modify it or rename it? Would... Well, what if I replace a little, little hook on the end with a spork? <laughs> uh, there you go. What would you call it? I'd probably still call it an umbrella. Oh, Jesus, get out of here. Bye. You can't do that. So anyway, that utensil was referred to as a spork in 1909, but nobody trademarked that name until Hyde W. Ballard in 1951. He filed an application from Pennsylvania to the U.S. Patent Office to trademark and register the name Spork. Uh, Not that he made one. He didn't make one. He just wanted to trademark the name. It's like those assholes who take your URL because they know that later on you're going to have to pay them to get it. That's basically what this guy did. Hi, I w- just want to clear something up here yeah. very quickly. In all honesty, uh, they misspelled the name that I was trying to trademark. So, Are you Hi W. Ballard? Yes, of course. Well, hello, Hi. Yes. Oh, man. It's so nice when the actual figures show up to explain what the hell happened. What well, happened I was here? just waiting around here. <laughs> There's lots of people just waiting around to see if we mention them. Don't have a lot to do. Are you hanging out with the uh, knife spoon if, utensil if guy? There's any other weird names that I can try to patent. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what were you trying to patent? Well, what, I was thinking about. Or trademark. I was thinking about a spork umbrella, but a guy just, just going to call it umbrella. <laughs> okay. That is weirdly weird. I mean, that came up earlier today. All yes. right. Well, uh, good luck. Finding something that you can trademark. No, no, no. You, you don't listen. I told you I was, I was, I sent in the name and they misspelled it. So it, 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 I ended up trademarking Spork, but that wasn't what I wanted to trademark. That's what I thought you meant. What were you trying? What name? You were just trying to trademark Umbrella? Or no, sp- I was trying to trademark Spark. Oh, okay. You couldn't have done that either because I think that was already a word associated with like a little flash of uh, fire that comes off of metals being crashed together. Hello? What? Well, uh, yeah? Uh, 
I was trying to copyright something. Is this the copyright office? No, this is a podcast studio. Low budget. Well, I overheard this gentleman talking of copyright nonsense, and now I'm taking it as such. Okay. Okay, well then, what what do you want to copyright? Well, I tried to copyright the word spark. (laughs) Uh And it wound up some kooky character on a space program. Oh, okay. Oh, uh... Spark! Spark? Captain Spark! Oh, Captain... Captain... Mm Mm-hmm, Captain Spark! (laughs) Okay, Spock is what you were... That's the one! Okay, I got you. Captain Spock, I thought he was like the first mate. I thought he was, uh... Well, they wanted to call him first mate Spark. Uh Uh-huh. But that was already taken. Right. So they had to switch it over to Captain Spock. Got it. Yeah. Okay. They that demoted makes... him and they changed the the R to a C. Well, that makes sense. And the A to an O. <laughs> yeah. So but they, if you're they changed in the name the, entirely. But if you're in the England, uh-huh. it sounds the same. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So what did, I mean, I guess, uh, did, uh, did that become legendary then? I guess he's a great character. He's an American and probably international uh, uh, lexicon for sci-fi characters, Captain Spork. Oh, no, Spark! Okay, thank you. All right, see ya. Bye. Why did someone try to say my name? I oh, God. Came by here. To, I tried to patent my name. Mm-hmm. Send it in. Yeah. They, they misspelled it. What? They sent it back. I now hold the patent for TikTok. <laughs> okay. So I threw that out. I'm like, that's never going to be anything. God, they're, they're really fucking things up over at the patent office. Or you, you know, guys are I have fucking a really up the good idea for a very, very small breath mint. Uh-huh. And they use the name for it on yeah. some social media platform. <laughs> are you thinking, yeah, well, that's a TikTok. That's not a tick. They're not a TikTok. Well, it would have been a dang TikTok. Yeah, but now you misfiled the paperwork. I guess so. Damn it, man! Uh, people need to monitor their application process a little close, more closely, especially when there are such great ideas out in the world like this. I think it's when they ask you to write your name down. Oh, it confuses too many people. Yeah, I guess it does. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye guys. Uh, so Hyde Hyde Ballard had the trademark, and then um, he ended up giving it up um, in 1970 to the Van Brode Milling Company, who eventually was the first commercial company to produce uh, the spork out of plastic. So by 1970, spork was a common term; it had been a common term for like 70 years, and then they finally uh, acquired the trademark, and then they filed a patent for the plastic spork. And then they started mass producing plastic sporks, and well, lo and behold, guess who came along? Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, me. Yes. The novel maker. Oh, God. Before I did that, I made the spork. No, you did not. You did yes. not make the spork. For, from 1800s until 1970, I made three sporks. Wow. Your efficiency. I mean, here's the thing about it. I wouldn't be surprised if you did. And good for you, because a lot of people did make their own version of the spork, but nobody had the forethought to patent it and then market it and then commercially produce it and that sort of thing. So I'm sure your sporks were great. What'd you do with them? Well, I, I, took, a, I took a fork 
and a spoon, and I would try to mash them together. And I did that every day for 25 years. Uh And then it would finally work. They kind of broke down over time and rusted. And so that's why I was able to get in three. Wow. That's a a very super inefficient process. You know what? Now that I know that you, I thought it was just kind of isolated to making novels, but now it's inventing sporks. Could you describe to us? uh, I don't don't invent anything. I just make things. You make things. Yes. Can you tell me how you make love? Ah, yes. Well, I take a television. Ooh. Yes. And I take mm, the rug. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and then I have a bowl of whipped cream. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, yes. God comes in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how about, how about you go enjoy yourself? Okay. And hopefully this is the last time you've checked it. <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't help but overhear this guy. Uh, we have a lot in common, actually. Who are you? Well, I'm also a novelist and a lovemaker. Uh, my name's Nicholas Sporks. <laughs> <laughs> it's what, what a treat. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by, Nicholas. That's all we'll need from you. <laughs> so by 1970, plastic sporks were being mass produced. Kentucky Fried Chicken picked them up because they're like, we're KFC. We'll do anything we can possibly do cheaper. They're like, why buy two plastic utensils when we can have it in one? And so KFC really popularized the use of plastic sports in kind of industrial eating. And then institutional eating picked it up like uh, cafeterias in prison and schools and so on. Once they realized that you could have... Excuse me, sir, I couldn't help but uh, 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 hear you talking about a KFC. Uh, It's Colonel Sanders, everyone. That's me. (laughs) 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 Some people call you the chicken Santa Claus. That's true. That's my ho-ho is when I go that's my ho ho hoing. Yeah, I can tell. And instead of a sled, I've got an old Chevette. <laughs> yeah? Cool. And what do you fill it with? With a chicken, of course. <laughs> now, just like just like individual pieces of chicken, or do you have... No live-ass chickens. <laughs> oh, you, so you take them to the slaughter. Well, I pre-pluck them so I don't get feathers up on my upholstery. You, you pluck them while they're alive? Yes, sir. <laughs> you pluck your chickens alive? <laughs> I got a glove made out of rubber bands, and I just rub my hands on them real fast, and all the feathers pop out. What do they sound like when that happens? It goes... <laughs> Is that what you meant the chickens or the plucking? Yeah, well, I meant the chickens. <laughs> they seem to enjoy it. Yeah, they don't mind it. You hear them? Yeah, those, you love plucking those chickens. And, and they, they love when I pluck. Yeah, they do. They love the way you well, pluck. Well, listen here. I couldn't help but uh, 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 notice the fact that you skipped up all, uh, all the chit-chat about my oibs and spices. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't really need to. It wasn't really about the chicken. It was more about the utensil to eat it. Oh, but what you don't know is that that utensil came in handy for those oibs and spices. We didn't just eat the chicken with it. You didn't? How did it come in handy? Well, what if I told you that those 11 oibs and spices? Yeah? It's just a plastic spork. Oh, God. <laughs> the ingredients of That's a plastic... That's what makes the chicken taste so damn good. Is that why people get sick from it sometimes? Possibly. Yeah? I would say if you have an allergic reaction to plastic sports, don't eat KFC. 
So it's really interesting to think about eating chicken with a spork then. You're actually eating a spork with a spork. You're sporking a spork. Well, there's another thing we didn't tell you now. Oh, boy. We replaced all the utensils with sporks made out of chickens. Oh, mind fuck! Now, I heard KFC's finally going to be honest about this. And mm-hmm. uh, they're coming up with a new marketing jingle for uh, <laughs> for this revelation. Oh, this is a jingle-heavy episode. <laughs> I just... <laughs> If you're tired, <laughs> we'll start now. Let's, let's hit the rewind button. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand. Uh, my like, record skipped on that one. Yeah, sure. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Now that's right up to the uh, 33 RPMs. Okay. <laughs> Spin it up a little. If you're tired of eating your chicken with a plastic fork, quack, quack. Try eating your plastic forks with the chicken. KFC. KFC. It's Frangle looking good. Wow. That is as literal as some of these original patented utensils that we've heard about tonight. Well, we wanted to be upfront honest with our customers. Oh god. And well, they get a they get a good old coin old sandals at the end. <laughs> well, thank you for being so honest with us. That's what I like. I like truth in advertising, truth in in the service that you're getting and the food that you're eating. It's nice to know that we're <laughs> We're eating sporks. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I just got here. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. KFC uh, law offices. Just please disregard everything that was just said. Uh, that it's. We're not going to discuss. Uh, Brad, I believe. For, forget everything. I believe we replaced you on Tuesday. Uh, uh, yeah, you, well, so are you concerned? Here's the thing. I'm, is it really illegal to put a spork in your chicken batter? Is it? Is it illegal? Not in Kentucky. Know. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe if it tastes good enough and it's fine. I mean, it couldn't be any less poison than, like, an energy drink. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not use the word poison and KFC in the same sentences, please. That's all. How would you I'm like asking. us to describe it, then? If we can't literally say you're eating a spork nope, nope, with a chicken. Nope, can't say that. Can't say that. Okay, what do you say? You say, are your, these utensils are fully organic Plastic yeah, oh, material. Uh, Brad, why don't you play the jingle that you wanted us to hear? Okay, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> when you go to KFC, you're going to need to uh, eat just regular organic uh, material. And even though the plastic sport thing going to feel like it's plasticky, but it really is organic. So uh, and, and by eating anything, you are constituting that you will not sue uh, or bring any type of litigation against KFC. <laughs> I like it's finger good. KFC. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like you've got your legal bases covered, and by eating the food, that's your legal contract. Well, and the that. only thing I can agree with Brad's jingle is, is you know, the hills at the end. <laughs> Either way, you're still getting delicious KFC spork batter, so I don't know why. I, it doesn't. It's all the same to me. That's true. And I got one more exclusive for you. Uh, uh, KFC officially changing our tagline. Yeah, what is it? Well, Kentucky Fried Chicken, where the, where the spork's the pork. <laughs> that is, there is nothing, there's nothing natural about any of that. 
And there's not, I mean, that defies every expectation about that KFC I've ever heard. Oh, one more exclusive. Yeah. We now saving pork. I got, I think I, I got Again, the- for legal reasons, uh, we, we can't <laughs> call, it, it is chicken, but we are, even though we're saying pork, it still is chicken. Yeah, and it's chickens grown off the ass of pigs or something like that. It's like some genetically modified, weird, like we're growing, uh, yeah, please again, it's like a use- pork and a chicken combined. It's a chork. Yeah, please don't use pork ass <laughs> and KFC in the same sentence. Okay, like, fine. Oh, guys, you're fine. I'm cool with it. I still eat KFC. I probably still will from this point forward. Brad, you just gave me a, an idea for a new a KFC product. Oh, okay. Pork ass bites. Mm. All right. Um, I'm gonna. Let's, can we? Can we speak over? Yeah. Oh, How sure. about you guys go speak in the lobby? There we go. <laughs> so that is basically the history of the spork. And uh, and the Vode, the Van Brode Milling Company, they are the the ones who produced it. But now the patent is owned by Plastico Limited, which is pretty much who makes all the sporks that you're aware of and distributes those to all the restaurants and the institutions and things. And so... That is how the spork came to be. It's always kind of been around, like, this idea to combine two utensils into one. But really, we owe all of the credit to Dr. Samuel Ward Francis, and then later to the Van Brode right, okay, Milling Company. Uh, we're, we're back. We, we were out there talking mm-hmm. uh, about the new tagline mm-hmm. and everything. Oh, uh, God. All right. And I uh, just want to make a, a few changes. And I, I think we'll be okay. Everything has been recorded up until this point, so no, I don't think you there can... is no recording. We are not recording this. Okay, of any type of, of thing. All right, we okay. I'll let me just click it off. All right, we okay. are no longer recording. You All are right. allowed to clarify. There we go. Okay, so just, uh, just let you know that we we are in agreement. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the spork is definitely not the pork. No. <laughs> How did you get this guy to say that? Well, because the spork is the chicken wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and I also offered him a exclusive VHS tape of a deleted scene of one of my favorite shows uh, when I was a kid. Oh, he, no. It's take the... a look at that. <laughs> oh, no. Not this again. Oh, God. My nose. One ball in my mouth and one on the pizza. Oh, that part I didn't get to the last time. About to throw up. Pause. Destroy it. Those crazy titles. <laughs> and that has been Distraction Podcast: The True Real History of the Spork. Thank you to my improvisers tonight: Matt Kirkoff, Aaron Stillerman, and Paige Scott. Uh, beautifully underscoring in a genius way, as always. Thank you so much. I've been Will. Uh, thank you for listening. Please check out all the shows at patreon.com slash redcurbcomedy, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! Distraction! 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 Red Curve! Red Curve Comedy Network.